Well, good morning, everybody. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Man, here we are, and we're in week two um, of this series called Stretch Out. Everybody say Stretch Out. And um, man, if you missed last week, go listen to the podcast on Vision Sunday. Um, last week was Vision Sunday. Last week we talked about um, where God has called us to go in 2023, man. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome um, when you think about what God has done inside of the last year, um, to going from nothing to starting a church to, man, the foundation that God has built in this room week in and week out. And it's been so amazing um, to be a part of, but also just to see you grow and you stretch yourself and you take that next step. And man, all, so many people gone to get connected, so many people, uh, man, just their lives being transformed in 2022, and and last week, like I said, was Vision Sunday, and the word that God has given us for 2023 together as a body is the word stretch out, and um, we find it in the book of Isaiah toward the end of the year. I always spend some time praying about God, what do you want us to do in 2023 together? Because I'm going to tell you this, anytime you start a new season, you always need a word from God. And so as I begin to pray, as I begin to spend time asking the Lord, Lord, where do you want us to go as a body um, in 2023? He gave us this word in Isaiah chapter 54. And like I said, if you missed it last week, um, go and listen to the podcast. But the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2, it says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Everybody say enlarge. Um, it says, And let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Uh, man, we talked about that last week. Man, so many of us, right? We have all of these reasons why we hold back and don't press into what God has for us and the calling um, that God has for our life. He says, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you will. I love it. You will. Come on, somebody. Not you might, not you have the potential to, but he says you will spread out abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring, come on, this is where we're going to really zero in today. He says, your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Come on, how many of y'all love God's word? Amen. I just wanted to stop, though, before we really get into the message today. I wanted to stop and tell you that you've done an unbelievable job in the last 12 months. Come on, somebody. Y'all have done great. You've done a great job. You've done a great job reaching the lost. You've done a great job of running with the vision that God has given new life, which is to reach the lost, right? That's why we're here. That's why we have Sunday mornings. That's why we have um, kids ministry. That's why we have small groups. That's why we have encounters. That's why we do what we do um, is for the lost. And I just wanted to stop just kind of as your pastor and tell you this morning that you've done a great job reaching the lost um, in 2022. We've, we've been unbelievably evangelistic. And man, let me tell you something. These aren't numbers um, that are just numbers. This is what matters most. We had 79 people get saved last year. Come on, somebody. 79 people um, got saved. 71 people got baptized. We took 93 people to an encounter. And here's what I want you to know this morning before we get into the messages. I want you to know that it's because of you. It's because of your invitation. It's because of your investment in people. 
It's because in your willingness to preach the gospel in your everyday life, it's because of your willingness to take personal responsibility for the lost people in your life. And man, I just want to tell you just as you're, I could not be more happy um, and more encouraged to pastor such an incredible group of people who aren't just, come on somebody, aren't just coming on Sunday mornings, aren't just checking the box, but that you're living uh, as a real life Christian in your everyday life. You're living evangelistically. And this is what I believe that the body or the church can look like when it's not consumer based, when it's, when it's, 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 it's everybody working together. To reach the lost. You know, when you stop and think about it, this is, this is really miraculous. 79 people saved and, and 71 people baptized and, and 93 people through an encounter. This is, this is miraculous. You know, the last church that I pastored, if I'm honest, I don't think we had 79 people get saved in the 10 years that I worked there. This, this is big, big stuff. I'm so proud. Uh, man, and I can't say it enough this morning. I'm so proud to pastor such a passionate body of believers. But, but here's where we're at today. Here's why we're, we're, we're doing this. We're right inside of our, our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Hopefully, um, you're catching those calls 7 a.m. Um, every single day at 7 a.m. we go live from our Facebook page, and some of our team have done that this week. It's been awesome. Um, but um, it's time for us together. Here's where we are. It's time for us together to take that next step as God continues to build a body I'm here in Hydro. It's, it's time. I want you to think about this. Go with me here this morning. It's time to stretch out our focus. It's time to expand our focus beyond ourselves. Because in a lot of ways, that's what we did in the last 12 months. Yes, we reached the lost. Yes, 79 people got saved. But you know what they say in, a, in an airplane, right? They always tell you to put your oxygen mask on yourself first. And that's what we did. And there's wisdom in that. We were able to, to really get strong and to build a strong foundation and to build an active body that's ready to, come on, say it with me, ready to stretch out. That's what we're going to do in 2023. It's time for us to build on that foundation that God has laid. You know, when I think about it, I'm, I'm kind of a construction Guys, so I think about it in terms of construction, right? I think about it in terms of like the foundation of our church is laid. Think about it, right? You showed up this morning and there were greeters at the door and there was coffee um, ready. You didn't even have to think about that. And man, we got this incredible kids ministry. And, and so there's a place for your kids to go. We, we had an unbelievable time in, in worship. Come on, was worship not powerful this morning. Come on, Kristen, giving that word. I mean, come on. This is awesome. You get mediocre preaching every single week. And so the foundation's laid. We got plenty of money. Money's in a bank. We're doing good. We got a savings account. Come on, somebody. We got a savings account. But it's time for us to build on that foundation. Like I said, I think of it like construction. We're going to lay the, the, the first row of brick on the foundation that God is building here here among us. And man, let's not ever take that for granted that God is building something here. Come on, somebody. That this isn't the last year that we're going to celebrate, but that we're starting this eternal work that God is going to continue 
to move through. And so here we go today. This is what I want to talk to you about. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to spend some time on this topic of discipleship. Everybody say discipleship. We're spending some time on the topic of discipleship. This week, I'm going to teach you what discipleship is and why it's so necessary, not only necessary, but mandated by Jesus himself to do it as a believer um, and then next week, I'm going to teach you how to disciple people. What does it actually look like? And then I'm excited because on the 29th, my mentor, um, Dr. Rudy, is going to be here, and he's going to preach a message to you on discipleship. And so I'm so excited um, for that. But let's get into to the message, what I want to talk to you uh, about today. Um, let, me, let me just ask you this. Raise your hand in here this morning. How many of you are familiar with the term discipleship. How many of you are familiar with the term discipleship? Um, here's the thing. A lot of people are familiar with the term, but not a lot of us know what it actually means. It's a big word. And when we think about discipleship, we automatically connect that to the disciples. And, and man, I don't feel like I'm as good as they are and as big of a Christian as, as they were. And, and so a lot of times we get intimidated by this word, but I wanted to to, to, to show you and really convey to you this morning that this is something that we're all called to do um, as a believer. Here's what the biblical definition of discipleship is. Are y'all ready this morning? Here's the, here's the biblical definition of discipleship. Discipleship is defined as followers of Christ who then teach or share what they've learned. Come on, think about it. When most of us think about the word discipleship, we think about preaching. We automatically connect the word discipleship to a pastor. When in all actuality, the, the biblical definition of discipleship is you. Each one of you in this room this morning, it doesn't matter if you're about to get saved today. It doesn't matter if you got saved last week or whether you've been walking with God for 20 years. The biblical definition of discipleship is for you to take what you've learned about God, not what you haven't learned, not what you will learn, not what you're going to walk through, but what you have learned already and simply share that with somebody else. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all in this room think that's possible? It's possible, right? It's easy for, for us to just share what we've, we've already learned. One of the biggest trappings, okay, so go with me here this morning. Write your, your notes down, track along with me because... This is going to change. This is a big part of our culture. That's why we're spending this early time in the year on it. One of the biggest trappings of the modern day church is that we've drifted away from Jesus. And we've drifted away from, from hang on, let me, let me rephrase that. We've, we've drifted away from Jesus and the early disciples' idea of a walk with God. All right, go with me. We, we, we've somehow, through time gradually moved away from the main thing. We, we, we've transformed. Think about it this morning. We've transformed this, this very outward focus, this very contribution-focused movement, this very sacrificially-based movement. We, we, we've transformed it unknowingly over time. We've transformed it into a, a, a consumer-based, well, I like this, and I like that, and we're trying churches out. Come on, this is real, right? We, we've transformed it into this, this very consumer-based, self-focused group gathering. 
Now listen to me this morning. We've, we've unknowingly transformed the most exciting, because I believe this, man, as I read the pages of Scripture, and man, as I, I read about the lives of the early uh, disciples and those that founded the, 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 the early church founders um, in the Bible, as I read about their life, uh, we've unknowingly transformed the most exciting, adventurous, empowering mission that Jesus laid out for all of us as believers into a, think about it, into a dull, routine, ritualistic, repetitious, mundane existence known as modern-day Christianity. And here's the thing, I, I want you to hear my heart on this this morning. I, I want you to know, like, I, I'm not up here I'm using this pulpit to shoot my gun or talk about how terrible the church is today or how we're all missing it. I want you to hear my heart in this. This is not something that I've always thought about. This was a revelation that I got from the Lord just as much as evangelism. There was a moment where God broke my heart for the lost and I've lived with that broken heart every single day. There was a day where God said, man, we're missing it inside of the local church. And he gave this revelation to me, right? Like not revelation, that's kind of a big word, but he just kind of this aha moment, like, man, we're missing it. We're missing it here. So I want you to hear my heart. It wasn't with bad intentions or, or ill motives that we got to the place where we are today in, 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 the, in this thing known as the, the church, I, I believe wholeheartedly that, that it was an honest mistake. I, I mean, it's all we know, isn't it? I mean, I told you this last week, and in order for God to take us where we're going, we've got to know where we're at, and we're in a really dangerous place because we've got money, we've got people, we've got things that happen. Church happens on a Sunday, and we're at a dangerous moment because we're at, at the moment where, if we're not mindful, we'll begin to drift toward insider thinking. We'll begin to drift toward religious thinking. We'll begin to, to drift, toward, drift toward me-centered programs and us-centered things, and we'll, we'll lose the very thing that makes us great as New Life Church, which is our heart for the lost. It's an honest mistake that the church made along the way. I want you to know I've felt it where we're at today. I've led and been a part of that movement. Listen to me, we're all the same here. I am by no means exempt from being a contributor to that, to that consumer-based ritualistic-based culture. Here's the thing. We've been led in church, and we've been taught that the pastor, come on, listen to me, that the pastor is the one who does the discipling. Am I right? That's what I thought. I thought I was right. He's the one that actually is qualified to do the discipling. Come on, how many of you believe that today? Right? How many of you were taught that today? That it's the responsibility, here's what we've been taught, that it's the responsibility of the pastor to provide individual growth and development. That, that's what the pastor's supposed to do. Here, here's the problem. This is what it does for us. When that's the case, when the pastor is the one who does the discipling, when the, the deacons or the elders are the ones that are pouring in to other people and not the body of believers, that creates a church that's, a, that's an inch deep and a mile wide. Come on, somebody. That creates a church that full of Christians who know how to go to church, who know how to sit in a pew, who know how to sing a hymn, who know how to get in a prayer chain, who know how to, 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 to do a 21-day fast, 
past who know how to serve in the nursery, but they don't know how to lead somebody to Jesus in their everyday life. They don't know how to take somebody who's a new believer and teach them how to read God's word, how to pray, how to have a relationship with God. It's created a culture in America today that's an inch deep and a mile wide. And I was listening to a podcast this week. This is crazy. I was listening to a podcast this week. This is where we're at. And it was a pastor of one of the largest churches in America. And I listened to him tell a story about how he rode on a, on a, on a subway with a guy for, for a long time. Had a conversation with him. This is a pastor of the largest church, one of the largest churches in America. And he put this on a podcast. He said, I, I was riding with him and, and he asked me what I did for a living. And, and typically I don't tell people what I do for a living. I, I think that's what he said. And, and he said, uh, At one point, once he found out I was a pastor, he said he asked me what I should think about God. He said, I really didn't have a great answer, and I tried to come at it from two or three different ways, and it really didn't make sense. And here's what he said, God help us this morning. Here's what he said. He said he got up at his stop, pastor of one of the largest churches in America today. I'm proving my point. And he said, the guy looked back at me, And he said, Welp, thanks for trying. This is what the culture we live in when we continue to perpetuate the ideal and belief system that the pastor, if the pastor of one of the largest churches in America cannot preach the gospel, to someone, cannot share with them the love of God for them, cannot share with them that God is passionately pursuing them, cannot, y'all hear me every single week, cannot run through the good news, bad news, good news. Y'all remember that? Then, then, then we've really got to change some things, guys. We've really got to take a look at where we are in terms of discipleship, preaching, preaching the gospel. But, but, but here's what I believe. I believe all hope is not lost. Here's what I want you to know this morning. I believe God wants to do something new. Come on, somebody. I I believe God wants to do something new that's actually really, really old. This is something I want you to know what we're going to talk about today, what we're talking about today. This is something that we're going to grow in as a body in the next season. This is something that I'm going to ask you, man, if you lead a team, if you're a part of a small group, man, if if you hang around and and you consider me your pastor, I promise you in 2023, the question is going to be like, who are you discipling? Who are you pouring into? We're going to grow in this together. Amen, everybody? So, I just believe that, that we can actually... We can actually do this. So I went on a, a little scavenger hunt this week, and I, I really tried to find some information of reasons that people don't disciple, because there has to be reasons, right? There has to be reasons, right? So I want you to look at this slide. Barna did a research study, and here's what they found in terms of discipleship. You guys remember, discipleship is taking what I know and telling it to someone else. It's not just for the pastor, not just for the deacons, not just for the elders. This is the responsibility and liability of every single believer is to disciple someone. Here's the slide this morning. It says, put it up here on the screen. It says, there's 37% of people actually feel unqualified or equipped, and that's why they don't disciple people. Come on, raise your hand if that's you. Just just be honest, honest Andy this morning. Come on, everybody. Man, that's a lot of you. That's a lot of you. So 37% feel unqualified or unequipped. Here's the next percentage, 24%. 
6% of people, this is honest, right? Come on, I told you we didn't get here by bad intent. We got here by honest mistake. No one has suggested it to me. 24% say no one has even suggested that I disciple or asked me to do it. How many of y'all, that's you? How many of you would do it if I asked you? The good news is I'm going to ask you today. Come on, somebody. 22% of people just haven't thought about it. Right? These are honest mistakes. Not only are these honest intentions, but we can actually counteract them today. That's what we're going to do. And here's the last 3%. This is what I thought was a little bit astounding as I I read through this research, um, was that only 3% of people actually had a bad experience and now choose not to, to disciple people. And then there's this 14% other, which I don't know what, what, what that means. But I think it's safe to say, come on, are y'all with me this morning? I think it's safe to say this is where we're at, right? But by nature of the way that we have been led, for, for, for one of the reasons I mentioned above, right? Feel unqualified, unequipped, no one suggested it, no one's asked me to do it, I just haven't, haven't thought about it. That we are missing it in the church today when it comes to the fundamental pillar, one of the fundamental pillars of the church. You know, I teach you guys this. It's evangelism, discipleship, and leadership. Evangelism, reaching the lost. Discipleship, pouring into someone else as I get poured into. And leadership, which is teaching people how to do one and two. It's easy. It's it's real simple. But we're missing it when it comes to this fundamental pillar of God's church, which is is discipleship. you, you got to catch this this morning. When we live out, listen to me, write this down. When we live out our Christian life with me, with I as the focus, which a lot of us do this. We get trapped in this. We live in this culture today. We, we not only miss out on the true mission of the church, why Jesus founded the church, why, why he sent it to the earth. We not only miss out on the, the most important mission of the church that Jesus gave his life for, It also affects each one of us. It affects you at a personal level when you choose not to disciple people. Here's some some ramifications. Just I was thinking about this and and studying the Bible about this and just just really think like like what what happens to me or us when we when we don't disciple people? Here's the first thing is we develop a religious mindset. Amen, everybody? We, de- we develop a religious mindset. Listen to me this morning. When we are not actively pouring into the lives of others, when we are not consistently having a window into others' lives, we forget where it was when we first started. Come on now. That's the reason that religion takes such a big hold in the church is because we don't disciple people so we don't have that window into their life to go, oh, man, I remember when I was there. You know, I have these conversations with Brian all the time. Man, I'm pouring into this guy and, and raising this leader up and developing this, this, this couple over here. And, and I'm like, man, I remember struggling with some of the same things they're struggling with. I, I remember when, 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 re, when reading the Bible was, was something that was difficult to get into my life. And, and I remember feeling awkward when I prayed. And man, I remembered where I was when God found me. Can I tell you this today? If you choose not to disciple people in your everyday life, you will become religious-minded. You'll forget where you were when the God of heaven bent down low, come on somebody, and picked you up and dusted you off and set your feet on solid ground. Are y'all with me this morning? You got to catch this this morning. We lose touch with the reality that we once had no idea what we were doing. 
Because we don't have that window into someone else's life. That we once, that I once, big old Pastor Mark, once and still does to this day. Need someone to take me to, by the hand and lead me into a better place. It not only affects the church when you choose not to disciple, it also affects you. It gives you a, a religious mindset. Here's the second thing it does is it, it, it develops, it develops a, a narrow viewpoint of your life. Listen to me. Look at me and smile. I'm going to pastor you a little bit this morning. This may get a little uncomfortable, but, but here's what happens when we choose not to disciple people, when we are content or okay or choose to. I'm going to come on Sundays. I'm going to check the box. I'm going to attend my small group, which you should do all those things. And none of those things are bad. But when you get to the place where you, God says, hey, I need you to disciple. I need you to pour out. When we don't do that, our life becomes our sole focus. Come on, are y'all with me this morning? Your problems, your problems, when we choose not to have that window into other people's life, which is discipleship, my problems become my sole focus. I become fixed on only what's going on in my life. This, this creates a self-centered culture because I'm not constantly helping someone else carry their burden. I'm not praying for someone else. I'm not acquainted with the needs and hurts and, and, and things that other people need to experience in their life from God. I'm only focused on myself and my problems and my kids and my job and my vacation and my money and my life and my spiritual growth and my this and my that. Are you with me. It not only creates a religious mindset because you get out of touch with where you were when God found you, but it creates a self-centered lifestyle that I can't see beyond my own sphere of life. Amen, everybody. Here's the thing. This is super costly. This has a huge effect on us personally. Right? Not only do we develop a religious mindset, but here's what it does to us physiologically. Let me use it. Let me use this illustration. How many of you have ever heard of the Dead Sea? Raise your hand if you've ever heard of it. You, you, heard, you heard of it? You heard of the Dead Sea? I want you to look at this map up here on the screen. Um, th- this is a pretty good picture of what one way, a one way me centered walk with God looks like. I want you to see the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee is known for being full of life, full of fish. A lot of the, the, the biblical moments that happened inside of the New Testament um, and, and a lot of the miracles that happened, a lot of the cool things that happened, they, they were all centered around the Sea of Galilee. Um, and then you look, I want you to look down along on the map. Okay, right here, um, we see the Dead Sea. And, and I don't know if you know about the Dead Sea, but the, 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 content, the salt content of the Dead Sea is very high. There's no life. It's absolutely um, um, incapable of, of harboring life. And here's the reason why is because you see this, this river, it runs into the Sea of Galilee, out of the Sea of Galilee, into the Dead Sea. And I want you to notice what runs out of the Dead Sea. Nothing. This is a good example of our Christian life. It's dead because I believe this, man. A lot of Christians, man, they attend church and they've got the right heart and they want to do the right thing and they want God to do something in their life, but they've never been introduced to the idea of if you don't want to be dead spiritually, there has to be an outflow. That There has to be someone I'm pouring into. There has to be this, this level of discipleship or I become dead on the inside and self-centered. Are you all with me? This morning, 
So I want to read you this article I found this week by one of the leading psychiatric doctors. He says this, he says, being self-centered is costly. It's at the root of many psychiatric illnesses, including addiction, personality disorders, anxiety disorders. This is why I believe, look, you don't disciple people, you become religious, right? And what does religion do? It's judgmental, it's, it's, it's self-centered, it's ritualistic, it's all the things. It actually inhibits your relationship with God. I love, I don't love, but, but there's a direct correlation between religion and the enemy. They both kind of have the same goal on a believer. Come on, somebody. Self-centeredness damages relationships. Listen to me. Because self-ruminations rob you of the capacity to tune into and attend to others. You cannot be empathetic. It is a vicious cycle, this self-centeredness. Because the anxiety that drives the negative self-ruminations cause more anxiety. You see the cycle. Depressed people experience compulsive negative self-ruminations, something they can't control. Bad thoughts about themselves that they can't control. That worsen and perpetuate depression. Self-centeredness may even contribute to more health problems and a shortened lifespan. Now do you understand why? Now do you see why discipleship is God's plan for your life? Because he wants you to live a long life. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be fulfilled. All the things. Self-centeredness also drives addiction. Did you know that? Because self-centeredness leads to disconnection. Amen, everybody. A disconnection and, and disconnection fuels addiction. See the cycle? Do you see this? Which creates more disconnection and self-absorption and so on in a downward Spiral. This sounds about right, doesn't it? it? It makes perfect sense when you really think about it. Why Jesus would not only equip us to disciple other people, but that he would actually mandate us to, to disciple other people. It was never God's plan for all that He does in us to just stay with us. It was never God's design for the, 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 this walk with God to be a one-way transaction that begins and ends with us. I mean, look at what, what Jesus said. This is so crazy. This is crazy. It's about to mess y'all up this morning. Y'all ready? How many of y'all are ready to go disciple somebody right now? I can just quit halfway through the message and y'all can go out into your life and be a disciple maker. Be a father and a mother of multitudes. Come on, somebody. You can do this. You can do this. This is what Jesus says to the, to the, to the young men on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 9, he's starting his ministry. He's beginning to, to, to launch out, to start his ministry on earth, to begin the process, to, to launch the modern day church as we know it today. And I want you to know this, what he says here in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. He says, and he said to them, he's looking for people to start the greatest movement the world has ever seen, which is the movement of Jesus. And the Bible says, and Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will teach you how to listen to me as I preach. <laughs> it's 
not what it says. Come follow me and I'll teach you how to take communion. Follow me and I'll teach you how to sit in a pew. Follow me and I'll teach you how to find that, 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 that psalm in the hymn book or that hymn in the hymn book. Follow me and I'll teach you how to, how, how to do this fasting thing. Follow the, but No, this is the original opening line of Jesus to the disciples who would change the world forever. He says, come with me and I will make you fishers of men. Come with me and I will make you disciples. I will give you the power that you need to pour out what I'm about to put in your brain to the people in your everyday life because this was never designed to be a one-way transaction that revolved around us. My walk with God, my spiritual life, my, 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 my. No. This is an, uh, this, this unbelievable message, this unbelievable calling and mission that Jesus started as he propositioned a couple of young fishermen beside the seas was meant to be replicated one to another. It's also meant to, I love this. For those of you that are in that top category where you feel unqualified, it's also not meant to be carried out by a certain group of people called pastors. These were young, rough fishermen. Y'all ever been to a fish market? Come on now, y'all ever been, y'all ever smelled some fish? They don't smell good. Y'all ever been around a working man? Come on, man, they don't. Listen. Listen to me. He didn't find it's, he didn't find these disciple makers on a platform. He didn't he didn't find them inside. Oh man, I feel the Holy Spirit. He didn't find them in a church. It's almost he found them on the shores of the Sea of Galilee fishing. It's almost as if he wasn't looking for them in the church. It's almost as if what was going on that day known as the church was not what Jesus wanted to be a part of. It's not who he wanted to build with in that moment. It's almost as if anyone, anyone, no matter who they were, no matter what, come on somebody, no matter what their back background was, no matter what their past looked like, no matter what their current condition looked like, that they were capable of walking with Jesus. They were capable of accepting the calling and the purpose on their life. They were capable of pouring out into other people and becoming a disciple maker and changing the world as they knew it. Come on, somebody. You're beginning to see why we've been missing it in the modern day customer base, fan base church. Just as the Barner Research slide showed us, we've missed out on the actual mission and purpose. I'm preaching too hard for y'all this morning. The actual mission and purpose of, of our walk with God. So what is the actual mission and purpose of our walk with God? What is it? What is it? What, what, what is it? Why am I here? Just two big questions people want to know. Y'all want to give you a little lesson on how to, how to preach the gospel to people, how to open up that conversation. Two, two things people want to know. Two things you want to know in your brain right now. You want to know why, why you're here. Amen. Amen, everybody. You want to know why you're here. And you want to know where you're going when you die. When, when you die. Every single person that you come in contact with in your everyday life, all the loss that you're going to reach, the, 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 the people that have gotten saved in our church, they want to know these two questions. Why am I here? And where do I go when I die? Here's why you're here. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Jesus is about to leave forever. And this is, this is one of his final moments with his disciples. Here's what he tells them. 
He says, now the 11 were gathered. The Bible says now that the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain on which Jesus had directed them. Verse 17. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. You mean if I doubt, can I still disciple people? Yep. You mean if I have questions about God, you can still disciple people? Yep. You mean if I don't have it all right, I can disciple people? Yep. Here's what Jesus said to them. He says, all authority, read it with me. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Go, therefore, everybody say go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 20, here we go, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I just want to tell you, because I love you, and I love the lost, that if you are saved, you're not only qualified to make disciples, but you are mandated to do so by Jesus Himself. It, it, l- l- let me just say this. Can we just get real for a minute? Y'all ready? Y'all like it when I get real. That's what y'all always tell me. I like your preaching because it's real. Come on, it's real. If I'm qualified for you to listen to me talk for 30, 45 minutes every Sunday, if I'm qualified for you to ask me to pray for you, if I'm qualified to open up God's Word and begin to break it down and begin to pour it into your spirit, if I'm qualified to do that, let me tell you this, you are more than qualified to disciple people in your everyday life. You are more than qualified to do what God has called you to do. The one statement that I've held on to, and I believe that's what's gotten me to where I am today, is I believe this. I don't care what people say. I don't care what religious people say. I don't Because I, listen, I didn't go to Bible college. I didn't go to seminary. I didn't do none of that stuff. I have been told my entire life, I have walked into conversations with people, and they look at me and ask me where I went to Bible college, and they turn around. This is real. And and they turn around and will not talk to me because I am not part of the group. I am not qualified to be here. Can I tell you this? God doesn't call the qualified. <laughs> God didn't find them disciples up in a church. God didn't find them disciples up in a Bible college. He found them on the sea shore fishing. God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the called. And you, my friends, are in that same category. Yes, you're walking, you walking this great commission out will no doubt look different than me. And I get that. I'm different than you. I'm, I'm extroverted and I'm these things and that things. And, and so is Brianna. Brianna's call, her way to live out the great commission and disciple people, it looks vastly different to me, man. Come on. I was in the, 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 the oil field. I was in the military. I've been to war. Let me tell you, our communication styles are completely different. I'm more of a kick you in the butt coach. Come on, let's go. Get in the car. What are you doing? Get yourself together. And she's more of a, of a I love you and how's your heart. And, and we have this different way of completing uh, the mandate which is the great commission and the same is true for you it it won't and not everybody in this room is going to be a preacher or or walk out the great commission the same way can i tell you this this morning you're here for a reason i believe this Man, maybe you're listening to this message on Sunday morning, or maybe you're catching it on the podcast but i believe this you're listening to this for a reason. You're hearing this message for a reason. Because I believe God puts you in this moment because you'll actually do it. Come on, for those of you that, that call this place home, I believe that's why God has you in this body. 
Because you're willing. Because you'll actually do it. Next week, I'm going to talk to you and show you how um, discipleship actually looks, how to actually do this, I mean. But I want to end today, really quick, I want to end today with telling you what your yes to discipleship is going to actually do. When you say yes to the Great Commission, when you say yes to reaching a loss, when you say yes to discipling people in your everyday life, it, it, here's the, here's what, oh man, I'm so excited because I'm going to end with this and it's going to be so good and y'all are going to be so excited. But but I, I, as I begin to think about this, writing this message, and, and man, I'm just, I'm pumped um, about this. What I'm about to tell you is, is the same thing that you receive with your yes is the same thing that the disciples received with their yes. And I believe today you're going to leave here ready to come on. You're going to leave here ready. The 29th is small group leader training. The 29th, Sunday evening, come. It's small group leader training. We're going to teach you how to, how to, how to, how to host a conversation. You're like, I can't, I, I don't, I feel unqualified. I don't know how to do it. Let me tell you, can you just talk? Can you talk to somebody? Can you be there for somebody? Can you listen to somebody? Come on. This is what small group leadership looks like. And that's what we're big. This is discipleship. Are y'all with me? Amen, everybody. The same thing that you get by saying yes to discipleship is the same thing that the disciples got. Here's what you get. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Write this down. Here's what you get. When you say yes to discipleship, you say yes to a front row seat to the miraculous. Come on, it ain't just nothing. It ain't just yes to less time and yes to, to less energy and yes to this. No, you get a front row seat to the miraculous. Man, I think about their yes and what it did for them. I think about all of the miracles that they got to be a part of because of their yes. Come on, they got to hear the Lazarus come out. They got to see dead people come back to life. They got to see blind people be able to see again. They got to see paralyzed people begin to walk. They get to see Jesus two times feed 5,000 people with a little bit of food. They got to see Jesus calm the storm. They got to see all of these magnificent miracles. They got to see thousands of people getting saved on the day of Pentecost. They got to see the Holy Spirit fill the upper room. Come on. Are y'all with me? They got a front row seat to the miraculous because on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, they said, say it with me, yes to discipleship. Yes to being a fisherman. Fisher of men. You know what's awesome is I've got to see those same things in my yes. Your yes will get you put on the front row. I got to see a woman receive new lungs. Completely healed. I got to see a family walk through an encounter together. A dad, a mom, and, and two daughters. And watch them just radically change from the inside out together as a family. I got to watch a, a young lady get completely free of anxiety at an encounter when she had anxiety so bad, she actually named it. She had a name for it. She called it her. It was a person in her life. And I've, I've watched her not only then, but several, several weeks after that, watch her just look like a totally and complete different person. When you say yes... To discipleship, just like the disciples in the Bible, you say yes to a front row seat to the miraculous. Hey, listen, I'm as sure as the sun will rise that your yes will engage some of the most inspiring, some of the most powerful miracles that you will ever see. And you won't just get to hear about it. You'll get to be in on it. Come on, somebody.
Here's the second thing it'll do when you say yes. You say yes to a fulfilled life. Everybody say fulfilled. Fulfilled. I've said this for many years and I still believe it, but the path to true fulfillment is walking in God's purpose for your life, is living out the Great Commission. Because here's why. No matter what goes on around you, when you say yes to being a, a disciple maker, a discipler, you have such a sense of fulfillment. A sense of fulfillment that no circumstance can, can take away, no problem can take away. We all want our life to matter. Our life to make sense. We all have this inner need for our life to count. And I promise you, all those things are found in living out the Great Commission. When you have a center, a thing that you're driving at, when you have something that you're pushing toward, when you have something that is moving your life in a positive direction, which is the Great Commission, it doesn't matter what happens around you, you've still got that calling. You can do that calling. You can, you can be a discipler when you're broke. You can be a discipler when you you fell back into addiction. You can be a discipler when you don't get it all right. You can be a discipler when you're walking through trauma. You can be a disciple. You can. No matter what happens in your life, no matter what circumstance happens in your life, you can actually, remember what I said discipleship was, taking what you've learned and sharing it to someone else. I am not exempt, I hope you know that, from challenges in my life. I'm married to an unbelievable woman. I have four beautiful children. I have some of the greatest people and friends in my life that the world even has the capacity of having. But I'm not immune from problems, from struggles, from negative thought patterns. And I'm going to tell you this, from, from financial stress or, you know, kids stress or marriage stress, I'm not, I'm not immune to any of that. But here's what I've learned, that my yes to that calling, my yes to the Great Commission has kept me moving forward in my life. Because no matter what happens around you, you can still preach the gospel. No matter what happens around you, you can still pour into someone's life. You can still add value to their life. I love what the Apostle Paul says here. You know, the Apostle Paul not only wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, over a hundred chapters in the Bible. Not only is he someone that we talk to today, talk about today. But, but he gives us this great glimpse into what it looks like to have a calling. You know, the Apostle Paul was beat, he was imprisoned, he was marginalized, he was, he, 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 he was all of the things that none of us have for the ramifications of preaching the gospel. He'd been poor, he'd been high, he'd been low, he'd been beat, he'd been imprisoned, he'd been good, he'd been bad. And here's what he has to say. He says, not that I'm speaking out of being in need, for I have learned that whatever situation I am to be content. He says, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any circumstance, in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret. Here we go. Y'all with me to facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. It's my calling. It's that I can do anything because I got this calling. It's I can go through anything because I got this calling. It's because I've got a purpose. I, don't, I got reasons I can't give up. I can't give up because they need me. I can't give up because they need me to pray for them. I can't give up because those kids in New Life Kids need me. I can't give up because my small group captains need me. I can't give up because I, I've got people that I'm poor. I got a purpose. Got a purpose. got a purpose. So you say yes to having a front row seat to the miraculous. You say yes to having a fulfilled life. And here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. Here's what I want to leave you with. 
today, when you say yes to discipleship, you say yes to being a part of an eternal movement. Man, I wonder. I wonder if those rough young men knew to what extent their yes would reverberate throughout thousands and thousands of years to come. I wonder if the moment that that Jesus called them, like He's calling you today, on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, I wonder if they knew what that yes would mean eternally. You, you know, in a lot of ways, we're sitting here this morning and we're, we're praising God and, and we got word, we got the message, worship, all the things. We're, we're here today as a big part of their yes. We are a product, thousands and thousands of years of their yes. Here's what I wonder today. I wonder who the names are, what the names are of the people that are going to be a part of your yes. I wonder how many family patterns and generational patterns will be broken off because you said yes. I wonder how many miracles will happen because you said yes. I wonder how many people will be able to go through an encounter and get free because you said yes. I wonder how many people are going to be able to populate heaven because you said yes. I wonder how many great things are going to happen in western Oklahoma. Come on, because we ain't stopping till everybody in western Oklahoma has had an opportunity to respond to the gospel. Come on, are y'all with me this morning? I wonder what their names are. Man, he just hit me. Come on, this is it. I'm going to end right here. I, I was finishing up this message and, and praying for you and praying that God would would just speak to you today and encourage you to be a disciple maker, to be a fisher of men. And it hit me. This is exactly why God gave us this Isaiah chapter 54 scripture. Put it up here on the screen. Isaiah 54, 3, it says, For you will spread out abroad to the right and to the left, and your, say it with me, offspring will possess the nations and will people desolate cities. I wonder what their names will be. I wonder who the people that you're going to choose to disciple to pour into. I wonder, I wonder what the names of their great-grandchildren will be. And they won't walk in that pattern because you've led them to, you've led their great-great-grandma to a better place. Come on now, y'all with me. I wonder what kind of churches are going to be planted out of this body of believers. I wonder what kind of ministries are going to be started out of this body of believers. I wonder how many books, how many names are going to be written in the Lamb's book of life out of the people in this room that have decided that consumer Christianity has run its course in me and I'm going to say yes to discipleship. I'm going to say yes to the broken heart of the Father. I'm going to say yes to the calling and the purpose of the Great Commission on my life. I'm going to say yes because those great, great, great grandkids are going to be a product of my yes. Those generations are going to be changed as a product of my yes. Those family units are going to be restored as a product of my yes. The the, the lives are going to be changed. The chains of addiction are going to be broken because of my yes. Come on, are y'all with me this morning? Man, I just believe believe I believe that if you'll say yes today God will do something miraculous through your life listen to me last thing I want to tell you is you'll never know the extent of what God wants to do in you until you allow him to work through you so I have a simple question for you this morning will you say yes to living out the Great Commission. 
Will you say yes to being a disciple maker? Will you say yes to the call and the purpose that God has on your life? Amen, everybody.